Here we go. You're tuning in to Will Love Listen. Now listen. This week on Will Love Listen, I am joined by 15-time Grammy nominee Melissa Etheridge. We discuss Melissa's colorful career, her venture into the cannabis and CBD business, the unfortunate death of her son Beckett who inspired her to establish the Etheridge Foundation, what to expect on her current tour spanning through 2022, and much more. Hello, hello, it's Melissa Etheridge. Oh, hey, Melissa. How are you? I'm very good. How are you doing? It's nice to speak directly to you. I know a lo- I do a lot of these interviews, and usually I get the publicist first, and they transfer me to the artist. So it's nice I to... I figured out a long time ago I can dial my own phone. <laughs> well, it's <laughs> nice to speak directly to you. Oh, good. It's, um, it's so funny because my editor... Um, has met you a couple times. We've done cover stories on you for the magazine, you yeah. know, several times. And I've heard nothing but, you know, great things about you. So I'm excited to interview you today. And thank you for taking the time out. Oh, cool. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Will. Oh, you're welcome. Anytime. So first off, congratulations, because you're finally back on the road. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know you're... Yes. No, I was going to say, I know your tour dates were rescheduled several times in lieu of the pandemic. And, you know, that had to be, you know, a pain, to say the least. It was really, uh, it was really um, a wake up call because I always thought that no matter what, I could always, you know, play music. People would always come out and hear music. And I was like, oh, except for during a pandemic. Yeah, right. So, um, so it really kind of turned my idea of entertainment around and, and my appreciation of touring around and i'm just never gonna take it for granted i'm never gonna i just i i'm so grateful that people uh, like a lot of places i'm playing it's the first shows they've had since you know this all started yeah i could well i could imagine because i cannot believe this has been going on for as long as it have or more so that it was as bad for as long as it's been because a lot of artists had they rescheduled shows and they have to reschedule them again and sometimes reschedule it again after that. Yeah, I mean, we just, uh, uh, one of our gigs, the Jazz Fest out of New Orleans got rescheduled, rescheduled again and that was the third time. So hopefully it'll be a charm in the spring. Yeah, exactly. Well, you do have three shows coming up in New Jersey this fall. Uh, are you excited? <laughs> Always. New Jersey is the greatest place to play. New Jersey loves their rock and roll. They love their music, and I love playing New Jersey. What could fans expect from from those shows and from this tour? Well, this time out, I am, uh, you know, I'm introducing a couple songs from the new album, One Way Out. Uh, you know, of course, I'll do all the hits, and, you know, we'll lose our minds and have fun with that. And, the, um, and I'm also, like, spotlighting every show like two albums i'll do like just three songs from each album and talk a little bit about that those two albums and and i've I've really enjoyed doing that because it's a way to kind of bring songs that i haven't done that that people haven't heard very often and and um you know people that are really really into you know all my albums and the deep tracks the big fan the, the deep fans really love that and so and and it uh it keeps it interesting for me because I get to really, you know, pull out some songs I have, I've never done. So it's, um, I always sort of tailor each set list to the place I'm playing, you know, and, and so, uh, New Jersey will be a lot of rock and roll, a lot of really, uh, up-tempo rock numbers because New Jersey loves it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to that. And I like that concept a lot because 
you know, you've been doing this for a long time, since 1985. So you have a plethora of not just hits, but of fan favorites. So I like the fact that, you know, you're sort of mixing it up with each show. That's a good concept. Yeah, it's real. It's, um, it keeps it really interesting for me and the band and, you know, for the fans that want to see more than one show. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, you know, because it's like, you know, you go to one, a lot of times with artists nowadays, you know, you go to one show and it's that same set list for the entire tour. So (laughs) nuts. I would go out of my mind. (laughs) Mixing it up is good because it's, it gives fans an incentive to be like, okay, they may see you in Atlantic City in September, but they, they'll also go to Asbury Park and uh, Anglewood in October because the set list is going to be different. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've been nominated for 15 Grammys. I know you've won two. You've won an Academy Award. You have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Reflecting back on your career, what are you most grateful for? And also, what's been your biggest learning lesson? Oh, my. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful that I can still come out here on the road and sell tickets and play music and people want to hear it. I'm, that's, that's really, when I started this out, people would say, well, what do you want to be doing when you're 60? Which is funny because I'm 60 now. And I'd say, I just want people to still be enjoying my music and I can play it and they, you know, want to come hear me play. So that I'm most grateful for. And the, um, gosh, the thing that I've learned every every day is a learning experience this is all learning I've, I've learned to take care of myself that my physical and mental health have so much to do with what I'm capable of doing and um, you know just uh, loving what I do and uh, you know holding myself in, in a place where I can make what I do is also what I love you know that that's that's the that's what I'm really grateful for and I keep learning how to do that Good tips. I mean, especially I, I feel, well, a lot of people probably learned this over the past 18 months, but yeah. I feel there was a big stigma around mental health for so long, or at least up until recently. Yeah, no, it's all about mental health. Your physical health and your mental health are 100% connected. It's it, scientifically proven. You can ask any doctor, they, they'll they'll tell you that. And so we need to all understand that none of us, despite what we see on Facebook, none of us are living perfect lives. It's not what we're here to do. We're here to learn. We're here to grow. And so learning is part of it. And you gotta, you gotta fail. You gotta, you gotta make a, a, a choice that is not so good for you. So you can know what the good choice is. You gotta know what you don't want to know what you want. Exactly. I mean, you said it better than I could. Interestingly enough, you know, I follow, I follow your music. I've always been I've always been obsessed with music. I also have DJed for radio stations, you know, on the side, like weekends, mm-hmm. DJing different top 40 stations. So I've always been a big music buff. What do you feel, because you've been in the game from, you know, CDs to the, you know, going to streaming oh, to all these... Cassette. I started with cassettes and vinyl. <laughs> okay. All right. So you've seen it go from like vinyl to cassettes to CDs to now really nothing physical it's all streaming it's all digital um what are your thoughts on all the changes that have taken place within the music industry over the course of your career you know it's um the the way it used to be set up in the 80s and 90s uh was amazing because if you had a hit song if you could get your song 
on in songs on the radio, you could have a healthy, good, you know, touring career and, and, a, and a career. So, but, but the record companies and the radio stations really had all the control and you kind of had to fit into a certain parameter or just be so darn good that they couldn't deny you. And, um, that has changed because they do not have the control anymore. Uh, because yeah, um, I can make my own record and stream it and, you know, uh, you know, I can reach my fans now directly. So I don't have to go through all of that. You know, I do miss the, um, the ability to reach a massive amount of people, but, um, you know, that, that's really those, engines are now geared towards youth the other ones that will actually go out and buy albums and buy you know buy these things so uh i i'm just cultivating now um how to reach my fans you know over the internet and how to, how to just be direct with them and it, and i have a very healthy great uh career because of that so i i am grateful for where it came to otherwise i'd i'd be at the mercy of you know record companies and radio stations and i'm not and so very grateful for that so do you think overall you you feel as though the changes which have taken place are for the better would you say or um yeah sometimes i think uh sometimes i get nostalgic when i see like an artist i like and i think gosh i wish they could just you know if you could get that song on that independent Pendant, you know, radio station, and then it would cross over to rock, the rock station, and the pop station would pick it up. You know, that sort of thing that used to happen, and you reach, you know, millions of people, and and that that's unless you're a specific specific genre, it's hard to do that now. And I and I and I do think that the younger, the newer, um, you know, generation really misses out on that. Yet, man, they can start they can start streaming, they can reach and and build their you know, uh, fan base directly. So, you know, it's, I do think it's better. I do get nostalgic sometimes. See, I feel, I feel the same way. I, I, um, I feel like artists have more options now, but that doesn't necessarily mean that those options will guarantee them success. Exactly. So it was good. I really wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, cause I, part of me misses the pre-streaming era, like owning yeah. physical CDs you know, going to a Tower Records or an FYE. And finding something you've never seen. You're like, ooh, what's this? You know, and really looking at it that way, it seems almost too infinite now. Like, you know, you can get on your analog, your, uh, sorry, what do they call it? When, um, you know, algorithm, when, you know, oh, you might like this, you might like that. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. But you, you, might, you might miss so much that you would get if you listened to that radio station overnight, you know, and oh, you heard that song, and then you went to the store, and oh, I like this. Oh, then there's that too. Yeah, I do miss that too. Now, um, I do want to give my condolences, of course. Um, I'm so sorry about what happened with your son, Beckett. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine. But oh, I... no, no. Okay, it was, uh, it was a part of my life, and I'm walking through it. How... Um... How's your family been holding up? How are you oh, and and you know the rest of your children and everyone doing? Oh, we um we hold on to each other. We love each other. We were we aware we were aware in the last year of his life how much trouble he was having. So it wasn't like a terrible shock. I mean, death is always a shock, but uh, you know we we'd always hoped he could he could get out of it. And unfortunately, it it. You know, it, it gets a hold of you really awful. So, but we are, um, 
we comfort each other we delight in the memory of the wonderful human being that he was and and we know that he's out of pain so we're we're grateful for that could you uh could you tell me could you tell us more about the uh, etheridge foundation yeah it's something that we um we have put together that's just starting and uh we're we're it's it's up and you know we take donations and and we're doing you know, fundraisers and stuff for it, but it is going to fund research to find alternatives to the pharmaceutical opioid um, crisis that we have. This sort of you know if anyone's in pain, they're just automatically giving giving them opioids and and yeah, it's just true. it's a yeah it's a very difficult thing. So we we fund a research for um finding uh, other other things that work uh plant medicine is our focus you know the different uh different things there but then there's a lot of legal stuff so we're you know over time we'll be able to do more i like that i think i think that's great and i commend you and give you a lot of kudos because that has to have been a, an extremely heartbreaking experience that could really weigh on you so i feel like it's very admirable what you're doing well thank you so much so major props for that. This I was, you know, reading through, you know, your bio and, you know, some other things. I was very intrigued um, going back a couple of years when you partnered with the dispensary to make cannabis infused wine. Yeah. What was that? Well, that's yeah. such a unique product. What was that yeah, experience like? Yeah, well, it's uh, it's still unique because... Um, California, where we were doing it, made it illegal to put uh, cannabis in alcohol. So we had to we had to stop doing that. And um, but we still, I still have a uh, a brand called Etheridge Botanicals that we um, we're working. We we uh, in California we're selling uh, cannabis, but we're also we just launched uh, like yesterday just launched our uh, CBD line. And we're really, really excited about that because a lot of people, because we're, we're a real health focused um, uh, company. And so we, um, we know a lot of people who, are, who look to cannabis for um, medical reasons really do look to the CBD side of it. So we just released that. You can go to the website, check out etheridgebotanicals.com and, um, you know, look up and see if there's something. And that we can ship out over the entire United States. Oh, that's a, that's perfect. Um, do you also have a separate social media handle for that? Yes, we do. And I wish it was in front of me. Um, can I get it to you later? Can I have it sent to you? Yeah, yeah. All right. That's so that's very impressive. I'm all about holistic medicine. Um, oh, I've, yeah. I've had my I actually have had my medical marijuana card for God, like three years now. I think, you know, I'm all for it. So congratulations. I really think everything you're doing is admirable from the foundation to the work that you're doing with CBD um, and the botanicals. So props to that. Well, thank you so much. What are your thoughts on where do you think it will lead? Do you think finally the nation as a whole, I know it's, it's still a state by state issue for the most part. Mm -hmm. But do you mm -hmm. feel like will or when do you feel like we'll ever get to a point where there aren't so many loopholes that you have to go through? Yeah. Um, well, we're looking to federalization and, and I I liken it to um, the, the struggle for marriage equality. You know, first it started as a city thing and then it went to state by state. And there comes a point where there's going to be 
um, it's just going to be federalized. And um, cannabis, though, has, has a lot to do with business. And so it gets into this murky area of, you know, the pharmaceuticals don't really want us to be, you know, doing our thing. And, and, and then there's just uh, states that are, and people that, that are, are, are uneducated about it. Unfortunately, our president is kind of one of those. So um, he he is from a generation that, that was really brainwashed about how you know reefer madness and yeah and it's a, and it's a gateway drug and all and he's, he comes from that so i don't know if it will happen in his uh 10 years president i know that if um pamela you know is president next then i think we could really uh have a good choice because she she knows that it's important to federalize it and i think there's enough people it, it just just like marriage, it just takes a while for the older generation to sort of, you know, grow out of it, age out of it. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I was actually surprised. I mean, in hindsight, I'm not. But I was actually surprised initially that, you know, Biden really has come across almost as though he's against it to some degree without necessarily being so vocal about it, if that makes sense. So um, yeah. I would hope that if something came across his desk, that he wouldn't veto it. I would hope that he would go with his party and really understand that this is the future just not only for health but business wise it's really a great thing to do and for agriculture hemp and cannabis is just it's really a it could really boost our economy yeah yeah it really could i've seen what it did in denver i used to work with people that lived in denver at the time it was legalized so it could really help our nation in many ways lastly the new music what have been your uh, biggest inspirations writing the new album? Well, this album actually is uh, from the vaults. This album is uh, was recorded about eight years ago, and it was a time that I was doing a, was going to do a box set, and for many reasons that didn't happen. But I came across these um, songs from the '80s and the '90s that I had maybe recorded or made demos of but they didn't make it on the albums for many different reasons um a lot of which were i was a little intimidated by them Uh, some of them uh was before i came out and they were kind of kind of obviously about women and i i felt they were too revealing or too feminist and so when i went back a few years ago and found them i was like wait a minute these are great songs i want to record these so i recorded them and then i changed uh, record i just did a whole big change and they were on hold until um last year when bmg said hey we want to release something i said we know what i've got something in the vaults that would work so um I'm really excited that these songs get to see the light of day. And I tell you, out here on the road, I'm playing a couple of them every night and people love it because it's, it's, it's old, it's, you know, 90s Melissa, you know, it's that, it's that, uh, it's that rock and roll kind of angsty sound and it's really fun. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, I'm sorry that I was not aware. I thought new, I thought new material was also on the new record. No, no, that's okay. I mean, it's, it's new enough, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's new because no one's ever heard these songs. So. True. Have you been writing though? Like, um, oh, yeah. oh, Reese, oh, yeah. oh, you have. Okay. Yeah, I've got a project coming out. Um, I don't know when it'll come out, but we're going to uh, film it. It's a film project I'm going to do. Um, actually, the end of next month, and so I am writing for that. And I've I've been, you know, the, this whole experience the last couple of years has been very 
uh, inspiring, to say the least. I had posted that I was going to be interviewing you, and one of the questions I got from a woman named Anne was if you had any big plans for after the fall tour. Oh, just being home. I always like to be home with my kids again. Now I always say that, and then I spent a year and a half at home, and I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> get me on the road. So, um, But I always do like coming home. Let's see, I'll, I'll come home in November. The cruise is in November, and then after that, I'll do, you know, the holidays and and um I, you know taking it one sort of one month at a time at this point yeah tr- true all right well thank you you gave me a lot of good material to work with sweet and i like that we touched upon a variety of topics so thank you for that thank you sweet well thank you so much have a great time i hope to see you in new jersey yeah yeah definitely um i'll definitely be at one of the shows okay. you got it all right, perfect. Well, thank you again. It was a pleasure speaking with you and kudos on all the work you're doing. Thank you so much, Will. Make sure to pick up the latest issue of Out in Jersey Magazine to read Will Love's monthly music memo. Find out the hottest albums available on shelves and streaming platforms now. Filling up my glass a little bit. Cheering to Melissa Etheridge, who gave us a phenomenal interview. She was so open. Thank you, Melissa, for trusting me with all that. I mean, we spoke about everything. 15-time Grammy nominee. You know, she's been in the game for decades. And it was just nice, the fact that we could talk about her success to tragedy. Like, I did not expect her to answer my question. I was actually scared to ask about her son, Beckett. Yeah. Who recently died of an overdose. That was... It's heavy. Yeah, it was heavy. And I... It's like I know fans wanted to know about that. I always post when I'm going to be interviewing someone. It's the hard questions. And that's the thing. I always ask the hard questions. Yeah. I don't like to do the fluffy shit. Because but you know you- the line. You know the line. You, you, can read, you can read the room. You get the vibe. But there are some things that are important to talk about. And that's just, just such a heavy topic. So to get through it, it's amazing. Yeah. It, thank you for that. I shouldn't say yeah, but I was just thinking about the interview. Thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that because yeah, coming over a moment, yeah, it's like uh, there is a fine line, and I always try to like get the juice without coming off insensitive. Exactly, and I appreciated her opening up about that. I think she's doing great work that inspired her to you know establish the foundation and you know roll with it, and it's doing really well. So definitely check that out. The Etheridge Foundation. And, you know, I just think Melissa's amazing. That is one Melissa that I adore. <laughs> Etheridge, McCarthy. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> Tangents. But um, certain people know what I mean there. Um, so her venture into the cannabis and CBD business. I think that's amazing. So I think it's amazing, too. I mean, I wish I think it was California didn't shut down her cannabis infused wine, but they did. But that's sort of what made her, by default, jump into, you know, the whole CBD and cannabis business. And with everything being legalized all over the country and so many different states now, you know, it's going well for her. Mm-hmm. Now, let me ask you this. Do you dabble in the kush? Oh, jeez. Edibles. Okay. But all right. I can't say dabble because I've only had it twice. Okay. And they, it did not go over well. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Apparently, I don't know quantities. Well, neither do I. Um, oh, yes. You love the story. I love this story. Uh, so I actually had my medical marijuana card before it was in fashion. I've had it for four years now. And I never use it, though, because I have asthma, so I can't smoke. Right. So I literally have to buy it, bake it, 
which is a process. You don't just throw it in. You want to. Oh, no. Mine are pre-made. Yeah. If, to get the bed, most out of it, Betty you need Crocker. to put it in an oven on a plate, tinfoil around it for 45 minutes, take it out, let it sit because it's going to be scolding, and then use it in the baking mix. Yeah. That's how you do it. Um, so I never, ha I don't believe in ever doing street marijuana because you don't know if that's laced with drugs. So definitely you want to get your medical marijuana card. You want to go to the dispensary where it's pure. But yeah, I overdosed November, 2019. Overdose? Well, I mean, 2019 was the worst year of my fucking life. Overdose? An evil, abusive like ex that wouldn't leave me alone. That's a word. Listen. You didn't overdose. I was at my friend's house and we were making pot brownies, but like I ate nothing that day. Nothing because I've just ugh, I didn't eat nothing. I was during a stressful time and I just was never hungry. But we made pop brownies and I made the mistake of not eating beforehand and I ate half the tray. Wow. Yeah, because we the way we cut the brownies were into like eight eight pieces, so they were huge. So I had like I think it was three, maybe four in an hour, less than an hour, and then it all hit me. I was high for from Sunday at two a.m. until Monday afternoon. Jesus. I couldn't come down. It was raining. Every time I closed my eyes, it felt like water was coming into the house and I was going to like, <laughs> I, you know, I was going to suffocate. So I felt like I had to keep my eyes open. Do you still like brownies after that? It I feel like I could never Things were moving. Them. It was the worst experience of my life. I will never, ever have that much edible now. And I had to, you know, be Martha Stewart at the time and bake it and do my own judgment calls because the dispensaries around here did not have edibles. Right. Now they have edibles. Now two dispensaries open within like a two mile radius of my house and both of them have edibles. I but did not mess with them. This was 2019, two years ago, and they did not. And yeah, that was the result. No. So be very careful because edibles stay in your system longer than when you smoke it. Well, I definitely don't know quantities. And I had the, <laughs> I thought it was super tiny. I was just like, both times, by the way, just, I was like, oh yeah, this is fine. This way. Actually, no, I'm lying. The first time I didn't feel it. It was a gummy worm. I didn't feel it. I was like, this is broken. And let me just eat the other half. Oh, God. And what I was just, I, so the, the high I would feel, it was more like, I would say the first thing that would come to my mind because I thought it was the funniest thing ever. And then I would immediately go back into my head and be like, I shouldn't have said that. Why did I say that? But the voice in my head was, would be so loud that it, it made me realize it that does I was to like you. paranoid. It screws with you because I was so, I was with two friends of mine that I had just made up. I yeah. don't fight with any of my friends, but we had gotten to a big fight a couple of years before then. And then earlier that year, we met each other at like a, a party, like a, a huge party that a mutual friend of ours were having. And then we just started to speaking and it was great because we made up and we had just started hanging out a lot like we used to. Mm -hmm. So when I was high, I was paranoid. I was going to say stuff about how I used to feel. You know how it fuck, the marijuana fucks with your head. So I was like, once it set in, I was like, I got to go to bed. I felt like Jim Carrey and liar, liar, because <laughs> anything could come out of my mouth. And I was like, it was not a good high experience. So yeah, I think that's what it was. I, I had too much. And you I can't control yourself, bit, and that's dangerous. I have a little bit of anxiety. Yeah. You know, there's some anxiety there, and I think it's just um, amplified, amplified by the. It doesn't. You know how some people like they like get calm and like. Well, maybe they don't have stress in their life, and <laughs> it just amplifies how they feel on a normal well, basis. Well, no, there are, I know people because who, I feel like it just amplified all my stress, and I was anxious. Yeah, anxious was definitely it, but sex was great. I will say that. That's good. <laughs> Oh, too much? 
no, I'm just thinking, well, maybe if I tried it during <laughs> sex that, you know, I wouldn't have been an anxious, paranoid <laughs> it person. Was just, it was a lot of just like stupid comments coming out of my face. Moments of anxiety because I said the stupid comments and then we decided to have sex. And then I was like, wait, this actually makes it worth it. So I don't know. I have my marijuana card. I renew it every year. But ever since that experience, my motto has been I like to stick with the wine. Oh, my God. Well, we could cheers. <laughs> I've had barely any since then. So, But he had a lot of wine. Yes. I always do, though. PSA, even if you're having marijuana, be very frugal <laughs> with making the edibles.